Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in Pennsylvania. I am Ann Picker in Connecticut, Econa Day's chief economist. I think there is one thing we can say going into 2018 is that global growth momentum can be seen, with, I must add, a little shakiness in the UK. Jeremy, what can we expect in 2018? There was certainly enough hanging from last year, amongst other things, an election now in Italy. Yep, there was indeed, and as you say, I think as a starting point, it's it's important to it's important to to indicate that investor confidence in Europe at the moment is pretty high, and I think that's already reflected in the strength of the euro. We've had just what since the start of the year, we're uh, what trading close to four month highs versus the dollar already, and indeed many people looking for the currency to move higher. So what have we got then? Well, the eurozone economy itself is in very good shape. Um, the December manufacturing PMI showed a record high. Fourth quarter GDP is probably good, I suspect, for around about two and a half percent or so at a season adjusted annualized rate, which is pretty good by the euro standard. Uh, average growth since the end of the last recession back in 2012-13 was only 1.9 percent. So we're quite comfortably ahead of that at the moment. And crucially, of course, most of the leading indicators we have are suggesting a pretty decent first quarter as well. Um, also good news for investors is that politics should at least in the main be more stable with uh, the major elections out of the way. That said, as you mentioned, we do indeed now have a, a general election to look forward to in Italy. That looks as if it's going to be on March the 4th. Um, and indeed, the opinion polls there currently suggest it's difficult to find out who's going to win. So that could be uh, perhaps you know, some cause for concern for the investor community once we get towards uh, uh, you know, the backer end of this quarter. Also, indeed, we still have an unreserved outcome from September's German election last year. And, of course, we still have uh, the Catalan crisis to issue to be resolved. So from the politics, although on paper 2018 ought to be rather more stable, there's still some uh, unset, potentially unsettling developments in the calendar. Um, elsewhere, well, as far as the UK is concerned, it's going to be all about Brexit. And indeed, uh, I suppose for European general, Brexit is still going to be a dark cloud looming over everything as far as 2018 is concerned. Um, the next set of official trade talks, those will be discussing the trade deal, whatever shape that might take between the UK and uh, the rest of the European Union. That's not due to begin until March time. And as we go through this year, it's very hard to see really where this is going to go. Um, what the EU are currently offering and what the UK is currently asking for are completely different. And uh, someone's going to have to give way quite a considerable amount to achieve any kind of solution, ideally by October, which is when they're hoping to have some kind of outline. Um, of course, we're due to leave the Eurozone, so I should say, leave the European Union in March 2019. Whether that actually happens or not remains to be seen, because bear in mind, there's still talk over here that we could yet have a second referendum. 
Um, in terms of policies, well, I think as far as the ECB is concerned, I guess we have to say that the main risk to financial markets, which are currently assuming no change in interest rates this year, is that the ECB has to act sooner. If growth momentum is maintained at current rates, then we will see the output gap closing that much more quickly. And so if we finally start to see wages reacting, and it's worth noting that wages in Germany are starting to pick up a little bit at long last, they could yet be forced perhaps to change their forward guidance, introduce a faster pace of tapering, or indeed even raise interest rates before the year's out. So certainly that's at least a possibility. Bank of England, well, the markets here are currently focusing on or anticipating a 25 basis point increase by year end. In practice, I suspect a lot of it's going to come down to Brexit. Brexit, the economic outlook in the UK is so uncertain, much more uncertain, I think, than continental Europe, that uh, it's, it's still even possible we could see an interest rate cut if the UK economy does really you know, tank due to Brexit concerns. So my best bet is that we could well see rates being on hold this year, but it really could go either way. And last, I've mentioned quickly the, the Swiss National Bank. That does look to be much more of a stable environment. Uh, the SNB must be absolutely delighted with the way the euro is performing at the moment. As I talk, we have euro Swiss back up at what 117.40. Bear in mind, the older target floor for euro Swiss was 120. It's almost recovered all of its losses since we saw the Swiss National Bank remove that target floor. So the SNB has got to be really pleased with that, and it won't want to do anything that rocks the boat. So probably stability in Switzerland, but there's still plenty of potential volatility elsewhere across the pond over here. Thank you, Jeremy. Mark, and what does the fourth quarter, which was very nice, tell us about the first quarter of the new year in the U.S.? Well, uh, we're still getting the numbers in on um, the fourth quarter. Uh, we're getting December in and uh, some of the November numbers as well, lagging numbers. It looks like a lot of solid momentum. Uh, uh, this morning we had the ISM report and a 14-year uh, high in new orders, which are almost at the 70 level for this, and this is unusually strong. This is the manufacturing index. This is the manufacturing index in the factory sector, although the government's, the, the definitive government data hasn't shown any kind of the, the same acceleration. It still uh, has been coming to life. Uh, we'll have to find those numbers out. Uh, um, we'll get the November factory orders in on Friday. They should show an aircraft-related lift, but there was a little bit of softness in some of the durable goods details for that report. And then at mid-month, we'll get the uh, manufacturing production reading from the Federal Reserve for December, and that slowed in no uh, that slowed in November. So, um, but it, as far as uh, the regional reports and the market economics uh, that uh, Jeremy was referring to for the uh, global PMIs and stuff, those uh, have been very uh, strong. We also had construction spending this morning; um, it showed solid life. Uh, this was for November. Um, including especially for uh, single-family residential uh, building, which uh, they're in short supply. The new home sale market is in short supply. So it looks like the economy, the fourth quarter economy is going to get a lift uh, both from housing and from uh, the factory sector. And uh, we're also getting uh, the first readings now coming in on uh, holiday spending. Uh, one of the ones this morning was Redbook, which has its own uh, private sample. And it shot up to a very, very strong 
I think it's 5.5% year-on-year pace. Let me just double-check that. And that is unusually strong for this report, and that is a, is a 5% a year-on-year gain. And that followed a, a, a nearly a strong reading uh, in the prior week. And so these are uh, that this is a very uh, positive indication for the consumer, which of course is the the major factor for the economy. And then we also have uh, about uh, three quarters of December unit vehicle sales have come in this morning, and they seem to be just a little bit uh, solidly uh, modest to moderately above uh, November. And uh, that should be yet another positive for uh, the economy. So it looks like, uh, you know, for the U.S., um, everything seems to be uh, hitting. Um, all the pistons are firing, except we do have one outlier or one uh, possible risk here, and that is uh, trade. We're going to get the trade, uh, uh, the trade balance on Friday, and the advanced indication from the good sides of that report uh, which came out last week was very uh, negative. We're getting a widening deficit. It's interesting what, what why the deficit is widening. Exports are up, but because of demand here uh, is so strong, uh, imports are rising at an even greater rate, especially consumer um, imports uh, of uh, consumer products. So um, that it will be a negative for the fourth quarter GDP, which uh, probably should hold it down. Uh, Jeremy was talking about a two point five percent annualized uh, rate uh, for the uh, eurozone uh, I think that would be the low side for the US I think three percent is probably going to be uh, the median I would guess early consensus um, so and that would probably be if it does make the three percent that'll be three quarters in a row that will have a three percent GDP and this hasn't been done for several years so um, everything looks uh, strong uh, whether or not however the markets the stock market is overpriced uh, or if it, the risk of a setback for the stock market and what that could mean um, is uh, is something else you know markets are harder to gauge uh, but the actual fundamental economy is a solid steady and I think the the Fed, we're also going to get FOMC uh, minutes later um, uh, this afternoon this is uh, Wednesday January 3rd. And it's important to remember that the Federal Reserve hasn't been describing the U.S. economy as uh, as strong growth at all. It's still been modest to moderate in their beige book assessments. So um, we'll, get, we'll probably, with those FOMC minutes, get another dose of, uh, you know, or uh, pull back a little bit on, on the economic strength, on the assessment of the economic strength. So that's interesting that the Federal Reserve hasn't been seeing the kind of strength that certainly the, the stock market has. Thank you, Mark. Until next week.